And then I'm going to do a silly thing that I always got to do. I got to take a picture. All right, cool. All right, you ready? Yep. Uh, and just uh, before we go, uh, it's Sorochinsky, right? Pronounce it right? Yep. All right, cool. Yep. Awesome. Another episode of Technical Explanation. And I'm here live with Matt Sorochinsky. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, Bryce. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm just excited to talk wrestling. Uh, it's, it's the best part of my day, really. It's awesome. So it's cool to have another person on here and I'm ready, ready to talk shop if you are. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. But before we go into that, um, I want I want our audience and people that are watching to get to know a little bit about you outside of wrestling. So you tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from, uh, what you do for a living now when you're not officiating, stuff yeah. like that. So um, uh, originally I grew up in upstate New York. So uh, a small town called Johnson City. Some people might be familiar with Binghamton. It's about an hour south of Syracuse, right on the Pennsylvania, New York border. Um, and then about nine years ago, I moved out here. Um, currently I live in, in, uh, Wadsworth, Ohio. So, um, obviously I have a good wrestling program, which is pretty cool. Um, and I've got to meet coach G the legend, um, you know, when I came out here originally, so lots of great people in wrestling. Um, but currently I, I work for a pharmaceutical company, Bristol Myers Squibb. So I promote, uh, medicines patients living with multiple sclerosis currently. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yep. So yeah, Wadsworth, that's a, so you were here to see them break uh state St. Ed's streak then, right? That was right around the time when they beat them for the team title. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's, so, so it's pretty cool. Pretty impressive. Um, but now let, let's get to wrestling. So you said you're from New yep. York. Uh, yep. How did you, I mean, I, I have your resume. How'd you get involved in wrestling first before we get into that? Yeah. So, you know, family, my dad, you know, was a two-time New York state high school champ. He went on and wrestled at uh, Brigham Young university. Um, you know, was a division one, all American also. And then, you know, when he got out of, of college, you know, my older brother started wrestling. He got into coaching uh, him. And uh, you know, as a result, my brother's uh, older brother's five years older. So, you know, he was pretty much in, you know, when I was like four or five, you know, he was 10. So he's already, you know, through, you know, fully involved with wrestling. So, you know, it was, it was a no brainer because it was either, you know, sit in the stands or play under the stands or get out there and wrestle. Cause I'm going to be at a wrestling tournament every weekend. So, um, and that's kind of how it happened, you know, and, um, unlike some people I went out there and I, I have pictures, um, I ended up pinning a guy that had no idea what I was doing, but I was smiling the whole time. And it's really cool to see those pictures, but I guess it's, I guess you probably tend to smile more when you're winning. Right. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, yeah. not many people, their first experience, they go out. And no, and, no, no. And I don't remember winning or losing. I really don't like early on. Like I yeah. would just remember that because there's pictures. So, and, and, um, but I just remember having fun, you know, and really like being around wrestling and my dad and my older brother and um, kind of grew from there. Yeah, it's awesome when uh, it's a family affair. It's and, and you said that at like four or five years old, you said, you know, came to the realization it's either play under the bleachers, play with friends or, or do the sport, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's really what it is. And then when you get older and you realize how cool is this? I'm getting to do the sport I like and I get to be around my dad, my brother and stuff, you know. Yeah. 
family and wrestling. Those are top of my, <laughs> other than faith, yep. family and wrestling are top of my list. Um, you mentioned college wrestling. So I'm just going to go through these. Uh, you went to Ithaca College, correct? Yep. Correct. Uh, two-time NCAA All-American. Yeah. Uh, you're in the Hall of Fame at your high school at Ithaca. And I thought I just read not too recently, aren't you and your dad being inducted in New York? No, there's a bunch of fathers and sons that are being inducted, like Mitch Clark's, I think, getting inducted with his father. Okay. Um, and I think there's one other I was reading. So, oh, okay. but no, um, you know, we have not been inducted in, you know, Hall of Fame together. But My that's mistake. Cool. But yeah, you're in yeah. Ithaca's and your high school's Johnson City, you mentioned. Yeah. Shout out to, you said close to Binghamton, right? Yeah. All right. And then, uh, I mean, this is just amazing. And you've officiated 12 NCAD one championships. You've done yeah. two and three, right? And then yeah. of those 12, you've been in, on the mat in the finals. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, a lot in between there, but tell me about yeah. what, do you remember anything about your high school days? Like, I mean, when did you like fall in love with the sport? Um, I, I mean, I think initially early on, you know, it was, it was immediate. I, I really loved it. Um, I had a lot of fun and, and I know, um, that's kind of how it was, you know, organized and, you know, obviously as you grow on and it gets more competitive, um, it wasn't long before, you know, back then, even then wrestling in the Tulsa nationals, um, which is a big tournament today. It was a huge tournament back then, um, you know, getting thumped early on, but we lived in New Mexico at that time when I started wrestling. So, Oh, kind okay. of, uh, you know, gets a little perspective. So that was just a, you know, a little jaunt over not too far. Um, you know, and I think that's it, just the competitiveness and, you know, wrestling's like, <laughs> you, you don't realize how much you love it until it's not there, you know, until you step away and, 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 and you're not involved with it. So, um, I, you know, I had ups and downs, you know, growing up, you know, especially in high school, kind of towards the end, you know, in the middle, my sophomore, junior years, I, you know, I got tired. I wouldn't say burned out, but I was, I was, I was heading down that path and then, um, got some new coaches my senior year that came in that just completely revived me. And, and, um, you know, I essentially just fell in love with the sport again and, and, uh, you know, and was able to take that on into college. That your senior year is the year you won the New York state championship, right? Yep. Do those coaches yep. try to claim they're like, oh yeah, we taught this kid everything? No, they're <laughs> awesome. I mean, Pete Capone, he was a two-time New York State champ. He was Division One All-American, also for Hofstra. He was a runner-up in the Nationals. Um, Rick Gumble, uh, he he was the head coach. Uh, he coached Troy Nickerson also at a different high school after. Um, but he's you know just amazing coach. You know he was uh, he's involved with USA Wrestling. He does a lot on the Greco side too, and. Um, you know, and then another guy, Matt Gallagher, who is a division one wrestler. He's currently a unbelievable superstar football coach um, at a local high school called Maine Endwell. And um, he, he's he won, I think, three or four state titles in a row. I mean, was on ESPN featured in a bunch of different things. So, you know, those were my three coaches my senior year and they were all young, you know, and and, and uh, it was awesome. It was it really an awesome experience probably could have went the exact opposite way too. I mean, that's pretty sweet that you get three young guys like that. Yeah. yeah. You said something before though, right at the beginning of this uh, about, you didn't realize how much you loved the sport until it was gone or, you know, you were yeah. competing or something. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, but I get to coach junior high and, you know, I'm in the room for the high school too. Um, and I, we always tell the seniors that are, you know, they're, they got senioritis and they're complaining and it's like, 
yeah, no one wants to cut, you know, two pounds, you know, their senior year, you know, or whatever. But I guarantee you, you know, if you don't go down to this weight class or whatever, or if you don't practice hard this week, there is going to be a time after you walk out of these halls of this high school that you're going to be like, man, I wish I would have done that one thing or, you know, I really yeah. miss wrestling. And I, it's sad, you know, you don't know what you have to hear till it's gone, I guess. But I hear that from yeah. a lot of people. And, you know, I was listening to the podcast with Kevin Lynch and you guys, you know, were talking about the things you get to do. And I think it's a perfect example. Um, you know, for me, one of those situations is an injury. You know, I broke my elbow, dislocated it really bad and had to take some time off. And, you know, that time off kind of just, you know, you, you start to miss it. You start to see what it's there, but you know, what a blessing, you know, the things we get to do and wrestling it, you know, it's something that we get to do. Not everybody gets to do it and injuries, um, you know, sometimes block us from that. So. I love that. I get to, it's, it's been a huge part. It's been a huge yeah. part of changing my mindset. So I love that. Um, so when did you, you coached and you coached after you wrestled, when did you yeah. get into officiating? When did you say, okay, I want to get on the other side um, of the table, so to speak. Well, it wasn't initially. So my first experience was in college. You know, I was a sophomore in college and um, my brother was officiating. My older brother was officiating at the time. And, you know, it was an opportunity really for me. The motivation was to make money, you know, make some some extra cash you know, on the weekends, you know, particularly outside of the season. You know, at the end of the season, you know, March, April, um, there's a lot of peewee tournaments. They paid cash, usually 100 bucks, 150 dollars. You know, it's it's um, you know, as a college student, that's a ton of money. So initially it was just to make a little extra money. And then I got involved and I don't know, it's, it's, um, you know, did pretty well early on and, um, had some success. And, you know, I think success just breeds, you know, as a competitor, you want to do, you want to do more, you want to do better. How far can you go? And, um, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's kind of how it started for me. Okay. How many years was it before? you made the jump from high school to uh, college level. So full time, I made the jump from high school to college in 2002. So prior to 2002, I was officiating and coaching um, both. So I coached at the high school level um, for about three years, I think after graduating from college. And then I took a full-time assistant position at Binghamton university. We were going from division two to division one, um, you know, and, and that just completely eliminated officiating. There was just, you know, it, it takes up a lot of time, obviously, as you can imagine. And um, so I had to put officiating on the hold for a while. And, you know, and then I moved on into pharmaceuticals in 2002 and, um, and also picked up, you know, decided to stay involved in the sport uh, through officiating. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, whenever I hear Bing Binghamton, I just smile because I think of uh, Billy Baldwin, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biggest supporter ever. Like, yeah, if all wrestling programs could just get one of those and do wonders. Um, so what, I mean, when you got to college, well, actually, first, let me ask this. You coach, you're a wrestling coach and you're officiating. Yep. What benefits do you think that, or if any, that gave you as a coach, you know, knowing the rule book? Um, I mean, does it save you trips to the table? I mean, does it make you a better instructor. I mean, were there any benefits from doing both and being a high level wrestler as well, probably, you know, obviously, but. Yeah, I think for me, it was really understanding, you know, it, it's, it's really, I think there's some insanity 
to thinking that all officials are going to call it the same. You know, I think one of the things that I learned is that some individual officials, many of them are pretty predictable, you know, and, and um, I think that was the biggest thing that I took from officiating. Like looking back, I could see as a coach, you know, routines that officials did. I, you know, and there was really no surprises. Some guys would call stalling early, often, um, you know, in certain situations. So, you know, I was able to identify those types of things and kind of, you know, be able to coach, um, you know, to the individual official in a lot of cases. And, and you're an, a mentor to the uh, an official association, correct? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. What one's that? Give them a shout out, please. So currently uh, working with uh, the Mid-States Wrestling Officials Association, um, which basically covers pretty much all of Ohio, but has officials from probably 15 states, I would say. Awesome. Um, and so is that something like when you're mentoring these newer, uh, newer or incoming officials, is that something that you talk about, you know, not getting into a predictable routine and calling the match as it goes or is, or is that well, no, I mean, it, it, just the opposite, you know, control okay. what you can control individually and, and, and not looking, not comparing to other officials kind of look at, you know, within see what you're doing. How can you improve? You know, how can you get better? The competition and officiating isn't versus the other officials it's versus ourselves. You know, I mean, we're the biggest roadblock, I think, um, to, to improving. And, and really one of the biggest roadblocks is when we take our eyes off ourselves and we start focusing on others, you know, it's really hard, um, you know, to fix the problem because the problem is not everybody else, you know, and in almost every situation, it's us, you know, and yeah. it's something that we need to, to change. Yeah. That, that applies to a lot of things in life, right? Uh, yeah. don't, don't be a, comparing other people's house when your house isn't in order, right? <laughs> Get your yeah. in order and take care of business. Um, okay. So I, I'm sure you have plenty of stories with doing the 12 NCAA yeah. finals, seven finals. Who's, if you're allowed to say, I don't know, who's the, who's the most yeah. comical uh, coach in the corner, maybe from um, things they say or how they say them or. Well, they're all pretty comical. I mean, when you get in the heat of the battle, some of the things they say, and 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 in all fairness to them, they a lot of them don't even realize the things that they say. You know, I've had opportunities after to have conversations, and I say, "You realize you said that?" And they're like, "What? I didn't say that." Uh, okay, you know. So, um, no, I mean, it's it's you know, it's 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 heated. I, everybody's every. You know, I don't know if I can pick out anybody in particular, but. You know, and a lot of times I don't hear it, you know, where I hear it, it's funny is when I see it after, you know, online or on social media, you know, at the big tens, um, you know, one particular coach was, uh, you know, said that, that, you know, I didn't like tough wrestling. So, um, <laughs> and a lot of the guys that are in my mentoring group, you know, they, they, they kind of remind me um, from time to time, you know, in different situations. Oh, you know, you call that that way because you don't like tough wrestling, and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. so we get a good joke out of that, but <laughs> Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if there's any one thing in particular, but I can tell you, um, most of the coaches have really good sense of humors and, um, they come up with some pretty, some pretty funny stuff in, yeah. in different moments. There's some characters. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, when I first met you, you know, before this call, you didn't strike me as a person that likes tough wrestling either. So just, yeah, <laughs> no, not, at all, not at all. No, I, you know, you can rip their, you can rip their arm off. You just, you can't take it home with you. I mean, that's kind of where I draw the line. So, um, yeah. 
That's awesome, man. So, I mean, is there anything different between prepping or, or like the pressure or your mindset when you're going into an NCAA level match and it's televised as opposed to, you know, a high school match that's not televised or not as high profile? Like, Yeah, like, no, I mean, less and less it's different. You know, I mean, I think initially early on, um, you know, there was big difference. I got a lot more. There was a lot more fear. There was a lot more nervousness. You know, today it's a lot more excitement. Um, you know, I know I'm prepared. You know, I, we, we work really, really hard. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes, the amount of hours that we put in, the work that we put in. Um, it's, it's almost identical to wrestling, like NCAA wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the officials at the top, it's, it's, it's an everyday, you know, um, job for them. You know, it's, it's, it's all of us are working out every day. So we're, you know, we're investing a lot of time. We're, we're talking on the phones, different situations. We're viewing video, going over situations, um, you know, mentoring others. So when you take a look at all those different things that we do, um, man, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. And there's a lot that, that, that I think the, the great officials invest, um, you know, in, into, into getting where they're at, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not by luck. It's not by chance that, uh, these guys are at the highest level. They've done a lot of work and, um, you know, a lot of people don't get to see that. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, because the whole purpose of this show is to, to shine the spotlight on, uh, wrestling officials who make competition even possible. Right. And a lot of times, and you kind of, you know, when you mentioned coaches say crazy things, right. They get, they, and it happens at all levels, uh, your emotions, when you're competing, whether you're yeah. a coach or a competitor can do some crazy things to your brain. Right. So, um, but, and I think in those times of uh, that emotional instability, let's call it, because I'm a coach, I've had it too. So I'm allowed to say that, yeah. uh, you know, you forget where you are and, and what you're doing. And you're actually talking to another human being that cares just as much about the sport as you it just so happens, uh, as Fred Feeney said, he's thinking with his brain and you're thinking with right. your heart, you know? Yep. So it's really important to keep that in mind. Um, I had no idea. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even think about it. it makes total sense, but working out to stay in shape and, and, yeah. you know, get in position and stuff, never even thought about that. It hadn't crossed my mind until you mentioned it. So yeah. And just you. preventing injuries, you know, especially I'm getting older now <laughs> and um, you know, so it's getting harder and harder and you got to do more and more and you got to be smart. And um, you know, cause I can't do the things, you know, the way that I prepared when I was 30, you know, if I continued to do that today, I wouldn't be officiating. There's no way. Yeah. You got to no be ready. Way got to be ready for those mat monsters right i saw yeah. something today in a high school official trip down the mat but he turned it into a somersault and still yeah. called the takedown it was the coolest thing ever but um, no that's awesome <laughs> so um you you wrestled d2 first right in in college nope, nope. d1 no nope. oh you so coached d2 and d1 oh d3 yep okay yep. so i coached I, I i wrestled division three and then when i got out i coached high school I coached division three college. I coached division two and division one. Gotcha. Um, so the, not too, too long ago, there is uh, some good talk going on about how few and far between the people are, the wrestlers are that get to wrestle in college. Like, yeah. I think it's like 1%, you know, it's, it's something insane. And a lot of people have this mindset that D1 or bust, like that's the only way to go, but couldn't be further from the truth. So, um, could you speak a little bit to any athletes that might be listening, li listening to this about how that's not the way to think in that 
you know, if you still have the love for the sport and you want to compete, you can have a great career, D3, D2, or D1. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's still, yeah. it's college wrestling, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't speak to, you know, I, obviously on the coaching side of it, I can speak to division one and division two, but from an athlete's perspective and com- competition, you know, the D3 was a great fit for me. Um, you know, if I had to do it over again, I, I would do it over and over, you know, the experience that I had, um, you know, the balance, you know, that, that, that I was able to experience at Ithaca, um, was really cool. And, um, you know, could I have wrestled division one? Yeah, probably, you know, um, you know, with the credentials and where I was at, but I don't know. I just felt like, you know, when I went through the recruiting process, um, you know, Ithaca was just the fit, you know, just all around. And, you know, my goal, I don't know if many are like this, but I was, you know, looking beyond wrestling, you know, I knew at some point wrestling wasn't gonna, you know, um, put food on the table for me, you know, it was going to end and, you know, I was going to have to move in a different direction and, you know, how am I going to, you know, where, what college, you know, what experience is going to prepare me best for that. And, um, you know, so those were the things that I was kind of juggling and, um, you know, I really wanted to graduate. I was the first one, um, technically to graduate from my family from college. Um, so, you know, that was a, that was a big priority for me. And, um, you know, I just felt like when it was all said and done, Ithaca was going to give me the best opportunity, not just wrestling, but, um, you know, to graduate and then to, to move on in life and, and be prepared, you know, to take on, you know, to go to work. Is uh, Ithaca's wrestling team still intact? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're doing well. They're, they're perennially in the top 10 in division three. Every person I've ever heard that's gone to Ithaca, like, loves it like it yeah. seems like a really really cool place and I have a couple of friends that when we we're picking out schools they're like I'm going to Ithaca I'm like never heard it but I'm glad you love it and yeah. then they came back and they're raving fans I mean can you name a couple of things about Ithaca that you really enjoyed or um I mean everything it's just you know for me I came kind of not from a really diverse community in Johnson City so going to Ithaca was just submersion in this diversity there's so many diverse cultures with with Ithaca and, and Cornell um, I mean, there was a lot of firsts for me, um, at Ithaca, you know, experiences, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I remember the other two thing from the wrestling side of it, you know, having Cornell on the other side, when I came through Jack Spates was the head coach at the time and he brought in Rob Cole, Rob Cole was his assistant and Rob was training for the Olympics in 92. So my freshman year was 91, 92. And so I got to work out. Well, I got to get beat on a lot um, by Rob back then. And, and we just had a really good relationship between Cornell and Ithaca. So um, got to work out a lot in our clubs, you That's know, awesome. together. So it was really from a wrestling standpoint, it was great. Okay. Um, you know, and then, you know, from a college standpoint, it's, 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 it's one of the most beautiful campuses on, you know, on the planet, just that whole area between Cornell and, and, and Ithaca, um, it's it's uh it's nice i gotta make my way there and get a couple different wrestling shirts uh, add to the collection yeah. <laughs> um so you mentioned you know you, you wrestled in new york uh you've you know you're living in ohio now you travel yep. for officiating you've seen uh athletes at you know all different levels do you notice like a, a difference in style between wrestlers from different states like i mean there's like a pa style and a new jersey style 
it, you mean type of wrestling? Do you, do you notice that at all? Or? Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, but you see it, you know, you see it from different programs, you know, Oklahoma state's got a distinct style from Iowa. You know, I don't think that there's probably more differences than similarities. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, but then again, you look at the big 10, big 10 seems to be similar ACCs. They, they have a little bit different style, um, you know, than the other conferences, but from state to state, I don't, I don't know. I mean, PA is just tough, you know, and that's where, you know, as a kid just living over the border, I mean, that's where we, you know, 99% of our tournaments that we wrestled in were, were in Pennsylvania coming through. Um, I remember getting, getting the snot beat out of me by Kerry Colot in the finals of Northeast duels when we were like 12. Well, anyone with the memory that wrestled him probably has that same memory too. No, listen, <laughs> here, this is actually a really good story. So um, I was pretty cocky. And um, <laughs> so I'm getting to wrestle in the finals and this guy's got like sunglasses on and a Superman cape, like a, like a towel as a Superman cape. And this is, this was, this is Kerry at the time. And I'm thinking, you know, I have no idea who he is and, I don't know if he was established at that point, you know, um, but I was like, I think I was eating a hot dog. I was like, I don't even think, I'm not even sure I'm going to warm up for this one. And um, so back then it was two periods. You had a break in between in freestyle and it was tech fall was 15 and I was down 13 0 at the break. <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't remember a lot of the wins, but man, do I remember the losses. And, you know, when you get, when you get thumped, I think he took me down and laced me like four times. Well, that's a competitor in you. A lot of things that yeah. you, you've mentioned that you're, you're competitive, right? I think a lot of people that are competitive remember those losses for a long time. Yeah. Probably, probably not the best thing to do, but I'm, I'm pretty competitive too. And I tend to tend to remember those. Uh, I got a name I'm going to throw out there and just and see if it Sittler. There's a Jeff Sittler. <laughs> yes. I spoke with yeah. Jeff today. And uh, you told me a story about your dad and his dad and, and wrestling. Um, do you remember that story? No, I know he's told it. I know <laughs> he, he grew up in a really tough area of wrestling in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so he's a little bit older than me. Gotcha. So what you remember the story that he told you? Well, it was that your dad and uh, his dad were coaching uh-huh. and uh I mean, you guys had a really good team and I guess they, they beat you in the duel or the scrimmage or something like that. And then your dad was like, so, you know, how many state champs do you think you're going to have next year? He's like, none. He goes, how many state places do <laughs> you think you're going to have? He's like, maybe one, if he's really, really lucky. Like, and yeah. your dad's just like, you're serious. You're serious right now. Um, so I just thought it was, it was pretty funny. Cause I was like, I, I was like, I'm talking to Matt later. So you got any yep. stories? You told me that one. So, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. I know he's involved with that autism for wrestling tournament. Yeah. Um, gets- does a lot to give back to wrestling and just a solid all around guy. Yeah. I- I'm learning so much. I thought I knew it's so cool to hear these stories. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, what about, okay, here's a, here's a tough one. This came up in a call yep. yesterday. Not a tough one, but what are, you, what are your thoughts about the American wrestling system? Um, you know, uh, you start out and you're wrestling one style, you wrestle, you wrestle that way, you know, and if you're blessed or fortunate enough, you, maybe you can travel and wrestle freestyle, um, and learn that when you're at a decent age. But for a lot of these kids, it's not until college that they maybe get 
probably not a lot, I guess. I guess mostly the kids that are making it to college have wrestled freestyle. But do you think that there's any, um, we're doing ourselves any disservice by wrestling essentially three different styles when the other countries are wrestling freestyle their whole life learning a system? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw recently that's been a hot, hot topic, you know, online and in many of the social media uh, realms. Uh, personally, I, I think, I think, um, you know, I, I think the folk style helps with the freestyle. I do. I, I mean, I think freestyle helps with folk style. I think it goes both ways. Um, I think being on the mats important, you know, and, and getting opportunities. I think we're, you know, our, our style, if it hurts any style, it's probably Greco, um, you know, and that might be why Greco, you know, hasn't had the results that the, you know, the freestyle has had, um, you know, I, I don't know, but that's, you know, that's, that's a tough question. I've, I've heard people ask that, you know, what can we do? And man, we've got some of the greatest minds in, in wrestling, you know, working in the Greco program, Matt Lindland does a great job. You know, Gary Mayap was there for a number of years. He's a former division one official unbelievable guy, um, coach. And, um, you know, they, they've, they've done well, but, you know, just not to the level that the, the not, they haven't had the success that the freestyles teams had. So, you know, how do you get them there? Um, yeah. Great and question. I, mean, I don't have I mean, the answer. Um, I would love, you know, I know I love watching them and we've got them. some competitors and, and it's crazy because they're so darn good. And then, you know, they're not getting the results and you're thinking, man, how good are the rest? You know, it's like, it's uh, amazing. Just head scratchers to me because yeah. we do have some really superstars in Greco. Yeah. It's amazing. And I, I probably would have put my, before this last Olympics, I probably would put myself in that camp of, uh, you know, you probably should just learn a style and stick with it. And I regret saying that, that, that but now after seeing how we wrestled free uh, folk style, won us a lot of those medals. This yeah. Year. I mean, so a lot of people, that's, a, that's the argument, you know, and some say no, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's going to change. So, yeah. Yeah. We're just lucky we have six weights in, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in men's and women's and freestyle. It'd be nice to get back to 10. Yeah. The, the, the world championships was awesome. It, yeah. I so enjoyed watching the 10 weights and, and especially seeing the women, you know, just kick butt and take names. Awesome. Awesome. I was actually upset the first day, the first round, it was only men's like you had to flip over to Matt too, to, to see the women. And, and, um, but then they, it kind of all evened out round two and moving forward, they were going back and forth, which was, which was cool. But, um, I tell you, I really enjoyed watching our women compete. They're, they're amazing. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I last night I was doing a show and we we're talking about women's wrestling and uh, with uh, two coaches uh, in Ohio, uh, Vanessa Oswald and Brian Nicola. Um, so and they've got a huge program. Great, great program. And, and we were just talking about the Olympics and everything. And it's kind of crazy when you think about it. This is only, I think, our fourth Olympiad for the women. And look, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. So in the third one, you know, Helen Rulos beat Yoshida, who's one as many gold medals as Olympians we've there's been for women's wrestling. I mean, it's just, yeah, she it's, won every one of them, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. insane. Uh, it so is. It's really cool to see that. Um, what do you, I mean, the rise of uh, women's wrestling too, even on the college level and the high school level, um, you, what do you think we need to do to make uh, officiating more attractive uh, for 
uh, young women, you know, and, and well, I think as women get more opportunities and are, you know, are elevated, um, you know, to the equal as men, I think it's just going to be a natural progression for women to take on more responsibilities. Cause I mean, you get women that are involved in wrestling, you know, not all of them are going to be able to continue on, you know, at some point that ends. So how do you stay involved with the sport? I mean, I think that's the, you know, that's going to be the, the elevator pitch, you know, when they get done, when these women get done competing, you know, if they're not going to go into coaching, you know, fishing is a great way to stay involved with the sport and give back. I'm glad you said that because that was kind of exactly what I was saying is like, look, if you got these young ladies and they're not going off to college to wrestle, but you know, they just had the time of their life for the sport they just discovered. It's a perfect opportunity, you know? Yeah. And I think you're spot on with the representation too. So hopefully we start seeing that. Well, um, and then you'll see opportunities move over on the men's side. Cause uh, you know, obviously we're seeing females referee men's sports all over the place. So, you know, there's still going to be opportunities for them there as well. Yeah. Just, uh, my cousin, Jared, Jared Upfer, uh, you yeah. know, on his podcast, he sent me an article today in Oregon. They broke, uh, they said, you know, history They had all female, uh, officiating crew for a, a football game. First time. Oh, that's awesome. So it's really cool to see that. And I sent, sent off a group text. is like, when will, who will be the first school in Ohio to do this? You know, like, yeah. Comp- competitor. I mean, um, so let's talk about some of your favorite tournaments at the college level. What was your favorite NCAA finals that you got to do? Um, man, there's, they're all favorites. Well, what was the cool one? I, cause so, I mean, cool. Uh, the cool one, I would say, I mean, I'm going back a cool Gwizdowski's first national title. He beat, um, Tony Nelson. Yep. That was kind of a cool final. There was a lot of stuff going, going on in there. There was some stalling calls. There was an injury timeout. There was a lot of technical officiating, you know, and, um, that, that was cool. And then there was a call right at the end on the edge with like 10 or 15 seconds to win. Um, that, those, that was a cool, that was definitely a, a, a memorable moment. Um, I had Imar's first um, national championship. He wrestled real beautiful from Cornell. And um, what was memorable about that, he won by major, but what was memorable was it was my first video review um, on national television the first time it was only, I think the second year that we had video review. Um, in the first year, I didn't have a video review in the final. I had my first final was 2013. I had Jordan Oliver and Jason Chamberlain. Oh, cool. And um, it was like, well, I'm nervous. It's one-to-one, like with 10 seconds left in the third period. And I'm thinking, great, my first final is going to overtime, you know? And um, it's not that there's any easy ones, but um, so, and Jordan Oliver ends up getting the takedown in like 10 seconds. Yeah. He's had and, a couple uh, barn burners, the one that finished his way and one that didn't. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was, uh, that was memorable because it's, it's, it's funny watching it too. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm kind of just, <laughs> <laughs> which way do I look, which way do I turn? Do I push the button? Is it going to go on in the arena? Is it just in TV? You know, there's a lot of kind of unanswered questions it was all new territory for me but that was fun it's really fun to look back at that and think you have no idea what's going through my mind right there <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Ex- existential crisis probably <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh yeah. what am i gonna do um so when, when you go back and watch is it is it funny to see or i mean is it very noticeable and kind of like wow how how did i ever how did i do that then and look at where i'm at now i mean do you see that progression yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it doesn't, I will tell you this, and I I tell people this all the time when I share that experience is, 
um, I'm not sure it gets easier. Like that was the big thing that I thought, you know, I did my first final. I thought, okay, the next one will just be, no, it wasn't like, I was just, there's something about getting up on that big stage. You know, even if you've had experience doing it before, um, just a lot going on. There's a lot to manage, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands, millions. I don't know how many people are watching how many, you know, between online and, and TV and it's live and there's no do-overs. Um, so it's, uh, you know, for me I, today, it's just a lot of prayer, you know, and, and, you know, just putting, um, you know, the results in God's hands, um, knowing that, you know, he's put the people in my life to prepare me and I've done my best, given my best effort and, uh, you know, just trust that things are going to work out exactly the way they're supposed to. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Yeah. Um, so let's talk, let's talk about growing uh, the sport specifically uh, officiating. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about this cause it seems a little odd to me, but, um, for coaches, at least in Ohio, so I can only speak for my lived in experience, but to become a coach every several years or so you have to uh, go online, take these tests, it takes about eight to nine hours. And then you do your concussion tests and then you have to meet in person to do CPR training and stuff like that. And then you're good to go. You can be a coach. Um, officiating, you know, in Ohio, at least for the most part, it's, it's like eight weeks, two hour classes. You got to go somewhere physically, do yeah. all that stuff. And it just seems to me that we're creating an unnecessary barrier to more people becoming officials by making them have to go to a physical place when literally now you can do everything. And some people are going to work forever from home now in the post COVID days. What do you think? Do you think, I mean, you still would have to do mechanics. I think you have yeah. to do that in person, but do you think if that's the model that it could be tweaked a little bit to be a little bit more flexible? Yeah, I think so. And I get the in-person's important, but we've got a lot of new technology now that maybe we can leverage um, to simplify it, maybe to streamline some of these things um, that are important. I'm not saying they're not important, um, but uh, like you said, I mean, you know, but will things change? You know, I'm thinking about it. Like, how do you get things to change? I think it's got to get to the point where there's enough hurt for change to happen, you know, until we get to a point where there's not enough, like there's really not enough. There, everybody's always saying there's not enough officials and there is not enough officials. But have we seen the pain of not having an officials? What's happened is the officials that are there are doing an amazing job, you know, to make sure that events are covered, um, you know, because of the shortage. So I, I think, um, you know, can we make changes before that? Yeah, I don't know. My fear, my fear is that the pain's all going to come at once, <laughs> yeah. you know, because there's going to be a lot of retirements and then the pain's going to happen. And yeah. we're going to be like, what do we do now? Um, you know, and then I always try to think ahead and it's just going to hurt the quality of officiating. Yeah. It's going to hurt the competition and everything. So I think the other solution would be someone's just got to create it. <laughs> Field of dream style, you yeah. know, do it, get, yeah. get approved. And, uh, and give it a try, you know, yeah. throw some new solutions at it to see if we can simplify it. And, you know, cause you said, like you said, it is, it's a lot, it's a big commitment. Um, What's your, what's your sales pitch then if you're trying to convince someone that has expressed an interest in officiating, whether they've wrestled before or not? I understand that yeah. wrestling before having that experience can mean something, but you could certainly be an excellent official and never have wrestled a day in your life if you really learn the rules and mechanics. Yeah. Um, 
what would your elevator pitch be to try to get someone to consider being an official? Well, I think our biggest opportunity is with former wrestlers, right? People that have been involved with the sport or maybe, maybe some way, some fashion, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be wrestling. You know, you could be involved in other ways. And, um, you know, so for them, it's like, stay involved in the sport. You know, if you've wrestled, you know, you may not realize it right away, but I mean, the values that it, it gives us, you know, the gifts just are unlimited. And, you know, when you get these gifts, I think, you know, as a human being, we have responsibility to kind of give back and, and, um, you know, share that. And, you know, I think as a, as an official, it's a great way to stay involved with the sport. It's a great way to give back. Um, you know, it's an important job and, um, but it's also, it's very rewarding. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it is rewarding. It's rewarding to know that you're out there and um, you're doing the best you can to protect those guys and um, you know, and, and, and everything you can do to get the calls right. And um, you know, and that in itself is, is, is rewarding. Um, you know, cause listen, it's, it's a tough sport, you know, wrestling, wrestlers, coaches, parents, officials, there's a lot that we invest, you know, there's a lot of time and energy and pain and sweat and blood that's invested. And, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, so to be able to give back and kind of help protect that investment, help these guys get, you know, to, to reach, you know, wherever it's going to take that investment's going to take them is, is, you know, what officiating is all about. Um, yeah. Wow. I like that. You know, uh, the smart schools, and I use this as my, my, I'm making a statement here, my opinion, smart schools will have officials in at the beginning of the year to go over the points of emphasis, you know, because yeah. it's a little bit different from last year or whatever. I'm thinking from what you just said in some other conversations I had, like, it would be cool to try to have an official come in at the end of the year to speak to the outgoing seniors about maybe becoming an official, yeah. or, you know what I mean? And make money in college like you did. Um, yeah. Because I've told this a couple of times, but I, I was an official for a little bit. I, my story started in high school just because of a stupid injury but then I realized oh this is going to be great money like and I'm going to be yeah. around wrestling you know not not getting rich but I mean when you're 18 19 100 bucks goes is nice right so yeah okay yeah I think that's a great idea I was just you know wrestlers in business I don't know if you follow the wrestlers yes. in business network um but they've got a really interesting model where they're having um ambassadors from different universities schools wrestling teams and then they're going in to each of their teams and kind of sharing, um, you know, I think the vision of what wrestler and business is all about. I think we could come up with something like that in officiating where maybe associations have ambassadors that go in and, and set time aside to talk to programs like you were saying, specifically, um, you know, for these outgoing seniors to kind of just give them a roadmap of, you know, what, what's involved in getting started, you know, cause it's, it's, um, you know, maybe it's not as heavy as a lifted that they, they have in their minds and it's something that they would, you know, yeah. take a step towards. I think the other thing too, is um, a lot of athletes and coaches view officials as adversarial, you know, yeah. like most of the time when you're in the corner there, it's, well, this is the guy that could cost me a match. Well, no, if your kid goes out yeah. there and tech falls, the guy it scores more cost points. You yeah, exactly. Um, but so that doesn't help either. Right. I mean, most of the time when you're talking to an official, unless you're outgoing, you know, there's certain people, you know, athletes like that. But most of the time when you're talking to an official, they're telling you what you did, what you did wrong and why you just gave up a penalty point on the mat. You know yeah. what I mean? Think about yep. that. So if you never see the other side 
the human side, I'm going to call, because you're still a human and you officiate, but you without the whistle and having someone come in there and have that conversation couldn't hurt, right? That could be the low hanging fruit, at least. I mean, pick up the yeah. officials, who cares? <laughs> we'll take who we can get, right? Yeah. And I think the MSO, MSWA is working on something to kind of target new officials and even high school officials that might want to, you know, expand into the college realm. So I, I think they put out sort of like a informational, like a advertisement video that should okay. be coming out soon, I think. Can you share that with me when you get it? We'll share it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't everything. think it's finalized. I don't know even know what no. the plans are with it, but when it is, I will. I definitely will. Anything we can do here at the show, uh, we'll yeah. do for sure. Um, okay. So I actually, well, I, I'm looking at my list and I'm like, yeah, some questions, dude. Um, and these are the ones that I, I, I think people want to hear too. So uh, what's your, what's a memorable duel match that, that sticks out to you that you've officiated? Um, yeah, I mean, Iowa Penn State at Carver Hawkeye is always going to stand out. I mean, it's, it's um, just something special about that place, you know, walking down the tunnel. Um, into Carver with 15,000 fans with fire and lights and just it's just a just a I can't ex- I can't you, you just got to feel the energy and you do feel the energy when you walk into there um yeah I mean and it's just a super competitive this last last before COVID hit 2020 um you know they had that event sold out two months in advance and um it was awesome. It was competitive. There was up, you know, there was, I wouldn't say upsets, but there was things that happened that just unexpected things, which always happened, you know, and, and it did, there was, you know, um, DeSanto got hurt, uh, you know, which wasn't expected. It's never, you that know, injuries when, that's never what, expected. but that's when RBI, RBY put a hurting on him, didn't he? Yeah, well, did he yeah, put his he, arm, that's he, when he put his arm behind his back or no, it was a cradle situation. Okay. His okay. knee got tweaked out and, gotcha. and, um, twice. Yeah. So, but just, just great matches, you know, and, and uh, I'm trying to think some of the other ones, Rec Hall, you know, anything at Rec Hall is, and, and now Ohio State with their new facility, it's, it's, it's very Rec Hall-ish. Have you officiated um, there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I had the, uh, where did I have there? I think I had their match against Arizona State okay. before the COVID, one of their first matches there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So of those, is is Carver the one that has the most energy? No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're all, they're all, they're all, they're all, I mean, <laughs> and they are now because wrestling is just, they're just growing it and coaches are doing such a great job at promoting and getting fans in the seats and making it an event. You know, it's not just, you know, a bunch of wrestling matches, you know, they kind of make it into an event, a fan event that's, you know, very fan friendly now. So, um you know, another one I'm trying to think, Penn State and Ohio State, you know, they sold out uh, St. John a couple of years back, I think in 2019, that place was rocking, rocking, rocking. That would have um, been awesome to be there. So you, you yeah, are, you're it, on the call there? Yep. Yep. And Michigan and Ohio State is always a good one. Um, you know, I had the, the Michigan-Ohio State match when Kuhn beat Snyder. Snyder? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was an awesome match, but the whole duel was awesome. I mean, yeah. right from start to finish, just competitive, you know, and it doesn't matter where guys are teams are ranked. It's just, you know, it's one of those rivalries where it's always going to be good. They're going to give everything they've got. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a rival rivalry for sure. 
uh, it's it's gonna be I think heated on the wrestling side, the football side not so much, but that it's yeah. been that way for better part of almost two decades. Um, so uh, I gotta ask about uh, the picture in your background there. Uh, yeah, what, what's the inspiration? Can you tell them the story you just told me? About? Yeah, so it's that's Poncho. Um, it was funny because I was like, I'm gonna do something different, and actually the the difference was I saw Mark Branches photo online where he's riding his horse with his cowboy hat on and the guys are coming off a mountain run. And I mean, it was just, that was sort of the inspiration, but this is my fiance's office. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get it. I'm going to change this up. Everybody's got these nice backgrounds, you know, in mine, I usually have just one of the, you know, the default. Oh, no, it's great. Mine looks like a Applebee's or something back there. I don't know. There's stuff all over the wall. (laughs) Uh, Trying to fit. So yeah, that's Poncho. So that's Poncho and, Thanks, Mark Branch, for the inspiration. Awesome. So, uh, what do you you have some big any big tournaments this year that you're looking forward to, or um, you know, Midlands? I generally do uh, every year. So, you know, I plan on going back out there in December. You know, after it was uh, kind of cut down last year, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but that's uh, you know that's the big one for now. Okay. Awesome. Um, I used to do Vegas, but I've kind of cut back. Okay. On, on the travel. Cause it's, it's, it's a big time investment. You know, it's, it's four days of travel. You go out to Vegas, it's, you know, it's a two day tournament, then it's a day to get there and a day to come home. And yeah, um, you got a job too, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you got a job and you got kids. It's during the holidays, kids are off of school and, and um, you know, so I've, I've, I've done that. I've gone through all that, but now I'm at the point in my career where I'm kind of, you know, prioritizing some, some different things and, um, you know, which is, you know, which is, I think, not a bad thing. No, it's good when you can pick yeah. and choose what you want to do with your time, right? Yep. I mean, that means you've, yep. you've done something, right? Right. Hey, well, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, thanks a ton. I'm hoping yeah. this isn't the last time. Um, maybe it, it, I think it would be super cool to connect after the Midlands and just talk about some of the cool stuff that happened yeah. there. So that would be awesome. I I, I'll, I got your number. I'll definitely keep you in mind if, you, if you're open to it. I am. Uh, but thanks again. Stick on here so we can catch up after, yeah. after the show. All right. All right. Thanks, Bryce. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt.